Yo, yo, where are you from? It's a question that many of us immigrants dread because it's a question that we feel like we have to answer with one place, even though we're defined by many different places. The one where we were born, the one where we grew up in, the one that we just identify the most with. It was awesome discussing this with a classmate from the University of Michigan Ross School of Business. Go Blue. He's a friend that has gone back and forth between India and the U.S. a few times in his life. Yes, he switched from an American school to an Indian school and survived. Although there was one teacher, and I'll let him tell you about it. Along with a few other stories about his travels in Europe and his entry into the world of automotive and why he thinks that it's still budding in India. My favorite part of this conversation is that Paubaji came up for the second week in a row. Without any further ado, Chashak Dalsyan, welcome to Brown People We Know. Are you enjoying your internship? Yeah. First of all, I'm really glad to have my internship. I recognize with coronavirus, a lot of the economy is suffering and a lot of people, even my classmates, have their internship canceled and they had to search for a new internships. So I'm first like really glad to have my internship. Dell is a good company to work for. They have done a fantastic job of remote onboarding, way better than what I've heard from some of my other friends. And they've also onboarded a class of 900 people, which I find absolutely insane to do that remotely so it started off with a very good experience and i have a really good manager who's super open to conversations who's really helpful and i'm really enjoying working on the team it sounds like it's going well i actually want to dive into career in just a little bit to start i wanted to ask you about where you grew up because i know you've lived abroad a little bit did you like grow up in india and then move here did you grow up here and then move to India? What was that whole deal? <laughs> oh, man, I, I always have a very long answer for that question, because I've moved around a lot. I was actually born in Mumbai, in Maharashtra in India. But after a couple of months, moved here to the US. My dad was a consultant. So we first lived in Lansing, Michigan, which is only two hours away here from Ann Arbor. And then we slowly started moving further south, essentially, Lansing to Chicago, Chicago to Greenville, South Carolina, and then to Atlanta, and lived in Atlanta for a couple of years, right up to second grade. And then my parents decided to move back to India because my grandparents were getting old and they wanted to take care of them. So I did my third to 12th grade in India split amongst two schools. And then I knew I really wanted to study in the U.S. for college. So then after high school, I moved back to the U.S. I actually started my schooling at University of Illinois first, did my freshman year there, and then I transferred to Georgia Tech, and that's where I finished undergrad. Second grade, do you remember a lot of that move or that transition? I don't remember, like this sounds weird, but I don't remember leaving the U.S., but I do remember starting my education in India because that was a very huge change for me. I remember 
either going in the classroom, like the education style is so different. I remember the first day I walked in, I believe it was a history class. You have your individual table sitting there and the teacher is just writing on the blackboard, huge class of 50 people just writing in the chalk. And I'm like, I have no clue what I'm doing. And everybody's just noting it down without asking questions. And that was just I don't remember this, that being the style of when I was doing my previous education here in the U.S. I remember like there used to be these reading sessions and we would have things to fill out rather than just copying down the board. So that was like the first, whoa, this is very different. That was one of my first memories for sure. Just first school session, just very different. And was that all in English or Hindi? Fortunately, it was all in English. A lot of schools in India, and especially the ones that you pay for, are mostly English taught. I definitely would not have been able to survive taking my education in Hindi. I remember my parents enrolling me in some Hindi classes back when I was in Atlanta, but not to that same level. Plus, I had an accent, an American accent, so that was always a struggle speaking Hindi in an American accent. Very, very interesting problem. I get scolded for having an American accent on my Telugu. And I'm like, <laughs> bro, I literally grew up in Canada in the US. I'm not sure what you were expecting. Did you feel like you fit in? Or I'm also curious, given that you moved there so young, what drew you to the US? Why did you want to come back? Going back to that first question of did I fit in? I think so. One of my dad's co-workers he also went to a similar transition and his daughter also went to a similar transition. So we moved in the same apartment complex. So I became really good friends with her. So that really helped. And the apartment place I lived in, it was like all people that kind of moved there for the first time. It was a very new building. So people were just organically making friends. So that really helped. But at the same time, I remember being called out for like how my R's are pronounced super differently. And then I also remember this seventh or eighth grade, it was Hindi class. And my Hindi teacher really just called me out in the middle school. She's like, you know, your Hindi is essentially crap. But look at this other kid that came from the US like Ouch. four years later than you. And his Hindi is much better. And I'm like, I don't know what to say. And then I dropped Hindi and I took French after that because you're supposed to take three languages up to eighth grade and then you can drop one of them. And guess which I dropped first? It was <laughs> Hindi. What drew me back to the US, I don't know. I always felt I better align with American culture overall. I like the independence. I like the education system and the work culture was a better fit for me. In India, everybody's just trying to study for the IITs. They're trying to study to get into this top couple of schools. And realistically, those are very, very competitive. People like even drop a year just to study for them and get better at that. And then on top of that, if you get in, there's also the fact you might not get the major that you want in those schools. And I knew like, if you see how they're ranked, people who are like computer science, mechanical engineering, those go to the top ranked majors and the others 
you end up nothing against environmental engineering or chemical engineering, but that's just not what I wanted to do. So I did not see that trade-off being acceptable to me, especially considering I was going to pay in-state tuition at Georgia Tech. So that cost differential plus the more flexibility that American education provided really pushed me towards starting my education in the U.S. That along with the culture, the you know different set of opportunities here, it was it was a pretty no-brainer for, for me personally. I definitely had to convince my parents a little bit and got them like, yeah, I'm going to study for the SATs instead of like studying for the IITs, but eventually they they came around. Yeah. And so when you moved here, you moved here on your own, right? Like your family didn't come with? No. I knew a lot of international kids whose parents came and dropped them off the first time, but my parents did not do that. I had some cousins who lived in Chicago. So they did pick me up from the airport, stayed at their place, helped me buy a laptop, set up with like a phone and all that stuff initially. But it was it was a move on my own. But you know, I had some family around. So that definitely helped make it a little bit easy. But I definitely recognize that struggle of moving here for the first time, especially you need a car, you know, it's very hard to pull some of these things off. Yeah, I imagine if your cousins weren't around, it would have been pretty rough. Yes. You had lived in America when you were younger, but then you spent a lot of time in India. So then did you find that people identified you as American? Did they look at you as Indian? How did you view yourself at that point? That's a good question. And I've had this conversation with a couple of friends. I still struggle sometimes to find my identity in this situation. I feel a good bit of my formative years are in the Indian culture. So I I can understand the culture. I can understand where people come from in that culture. But I feel like more my, I, I wouldn't say lifestyle, but potentially more the values I identify with are more American values compared to maybe traditional Indian values. I think you're taking an interesting approach to it where you're looking at values. For me, like I was born in Saudi Arabia, but don't remember that at all. Moved to Canada and then grew up more in the US, but my earliest memories are in Canada. When people ask me that question, I'm like, what do I say? It's definitely, I think, a tough question. Yeah. It's definitely tough. And, you know, I'm definitely a hybrid. I identify as both. And I haven't thought about it too much after one point, but... I feel like in a lot of the friends I have made, I've noticed a pattern. It has been friends who are, they have had a background in which they were international students. A lot of my good college friends who are also the type that were open to trying new things. They were not closed-minded. There were groups of people in undergrad who were super focused on doing what they were doing before from, you know, wherever they came from. But like, the friends I gel with more like who are down to either try new cuisines, you know, go to different new bars or try different things overall. So those are the people I really gel with. And I think so that's how I also, you know, see myself. It's like having this international experience and this background, but always down to try these new experiences and having that type of outlook. I definitely agree. I moved around to a lot of different places. It's definitely made me more open to experiences and opinions now that you're here what do you 
miss the most about India? There's a couple of things, but surprisingly, the list is not that long. First, it is my parents. You can't replace that. It's definitely a struggle for me to balance what I want to do in the future because my parents now, they have their set of friends there and I cannot ask them to move to the U.S. But at the same time, I do not see myself moving back to India. The other thing I miss is the food. The food in India is, of course, absolutely insane. But I have found traveling to different places in the U.S., there's really good Indian food to be found here. And like that factor has reduced for me significantly. But there are just these some things that I have not found the same taste here, like pao bhaji, like pani puri, chaat stuff, like some of this more like street stuff. India is just still, you know, they ha- I have not seen that here. Yeah, good luck finding pao bhaji in Ann Arbor. <laughs> we know the struggle. <laughs> in the middle of school, you decided to study abroad. Yeah, I did. I studied abroad between my junior and senior year. I believe that was either twenty thirteen, summer of 2013 or 2014. And I'm not going to lie, that was probably one of my favorite semesters ever. I had a couple of programs to pick from. Georgia Tech has two major programs. One is Georgia Tech Lorraine, which is Georgia Tech's satellite campus in Lorraine, France. Closer to the border of Germany, then Paris, and then Oxford. I chose Oxford University because the program involves the first six weeks of you traveling all around Western Europe, studying European art and European music, and then spending the next six weeks taking two classes at Oxford University. And it was definitely a struggle because I have I have no artistic or musical ability. Like they expect you to recognize what note the musics are playing at. And like by hearing some, you know, random Beethoven, like to tell what year the song was made, all the tempo, everything. That was not my ability. But I did enjoy with this group of 50 people going all the way from, let's see, Paris, Italy, Austria, Germany, Czech Republic, and then Belgium. And then you know, spending that next six weeks in Oxford University. And also the World Cup was going on at the same time. So got to spend a good bit in beer gardens with all the people supporting their home teams, cheering on. It was just an amazing experience. Dude, that sounds insane. And going back to what you were saying earlier, if you like new experiences and sounds like the perfect program for you. Yeah, you spend, you know, barely a couple of days in each city and you try to maximize that time, whether that's at restaurants, bars, or just checking out different places there. While you were there, I'm actually pretty curious about this, especially because England and India have some, you could call it a relationship, right? Yeah. And not only in England, but as you're traveling through Europe, did you find that people tended to see you more as Indian or as American? The moment you start speaking, you probably sound more American. But like when people initially see you, they would probably see an Indian or a South Asian person. The only weird time this has ever come up, this was, I think, in Rome when there was a random street peddler. I was with these two other girls and this little group, and these two girls were Indian. And basically, he started to sing to us 
some Bollywood music and try to sell us some, like, make us buy some of the flowers he was selling. <laughs> but that was, like, the only experience in which somebody was like, you're Indian, so we're going to market that in a separate way. But to be honest, the rest of that experience, I did not face any issues otherwise. I think so. Also, another factor was we were very tight within our group. The very few times we really interacted with other people was to buy food or maybe at restaurants, maybe at some bars, but that really never played a factor, I believe. There was this one time, though, I this was not during the study abroad, but this was a couple of years later when I visited Terrace. I was near one of the monuments. I was taking pictures and basically the French police come up to me like, we need to see your phone right now. We need to see what photos you're taking. And it's just like a random monument. I have no clue like what the deal with warrants are in France, whether you need a warrant or not. I know in the US, you have a warrant to like see other people's stuff. But I was with my family at that time. Like, I don't want to deal with this here. Like they saw it and they're like, okay, cool. But that was the only experience. Otherwise, it was, it's been pretty normal for me. And so you've been here for like five years now, right? At this point, would you call America home? Or can you see yourself going to one of those countries in Europe in the future? I've been in the U.S. now for the past nine years. And if I add all the, that time I lived as a kid also, it's probably closer to maybe 18 years almost in the US. So I've spent most of my life in the US at this point, And I see myself being here. In Europe, there are like two places where I'd really consider moving to. One is Barcelona. Barcelona was just an insane experience. I really like how the city is laid out. It is absolutely beautiful. And it has great beaches, great bars and great food. That is one city I would consider moving to. And then the other one would be potentially Munich. I really like German precision, you know, their automotive scene. The food is, for me, it's not like the food I enjoy the most out of all the European cuisines, but they definitely have options and great beer. So I could see me spending some time there. I don't see myself living there permanently, at least not right now. So I actually want to pivot a little bit on that point of German precision. I'll tell you a little story. So I went to the Indy 500 in 2018. It was Danica Patrick's last Indy 500 race. Okay. I'm like looking at all the drivers and there's like a Japanese driver. There's an Australian driver. There's like an Italian driver. But the one thing there was not <laughs> is an Indian driver. Really? And I know that you're very into automotive. Like, I've heard that you've fixed up your own car and, and done stuff like that. So I'm kind of curious where that interest comes from. Yeah, that I think so. That's a, it's a very good question. So part of it is I always have had an inclination on wanting to build stuff and wanting to fix things. That combined with spending some time in the U.S. as a kid, I remember my dad always wanting me to be able to recognize the headlights of other cars just by looking in the rear view mirrors. And what I like about cars is they're just like these very amazing pieces of technology. There's like confidence of that. They're moving, you know, sometimes at like 7,000 RPM and other places even faster. There's a lot of different types of metals. 
there's so many different things that are happening in the background and it is approachable in the sense that you can still work on it on your own. And the other factor that drove me, I believe, is if you don't work on it on your own, it gets pretty expensive to maintain that. That I think that got me towards it. Actually, this weekend, I'm going autocrossing for the first time ever. So I've never done that. I actually ordered a helmet today, my first helmet to hopefully come here Friday. But that essentially involves you taking your any car that you have. It can be completely stock off a lot. And taking that in a parking lot, or they sometimes do it at airports, but they set up a bunch of cones and make a mini track with lots of turns. And you just, you know, go there and try to accomplish that track fast as you can, just with whatever you have. So it's, it's going to be the first time. And I was actually curious, you know, you mentioned that there are not a lot of Indian people in racing. And I looked at the participant list and out of the 120-ish participants, I could see only one other name that I could explicitly recognize that this is like an Indian person uh, on that list. Another factor, I feel like what happens in India, like if you grow up, there's not a real car culture. I think so. One factor is, is labor is really cheap in India and space is limited. So it doesn't make sense for most people to go and even bother trying to fix their own car or looking that up. Plus, India, like I feel, has a culture of other people doing your work when it's a dirty work. And yes, there are people in India that definitely do their own work. I'm not saying that that is not the case, but you look at housekeeping, for example, a lot of households in India will have their own housekeeper, their own driver, things like that what they consider not worth their time that culture factors in and so the people who immigrate to the u.s or other countries they do not have that background on working on their own stuff and you know that kind of translates into that for example one other indian person like my old manager who's now in the u.s he in india also used to build his own stuff and now once he's come to the u.s he also He's doing that. He's still building his own stuff, built his own like amps, does his own woodwork. And he's also teaching his kids how to do that. So I think so there's like a little cultural element to it. With you, did you have the automotive streak while you were in India or did it kind of start? Because I know you studied mechanical engineering while you were here. Did you start doing more stuff with cars after you got here? In India, my extent was I remember I had this little diary in which I would try to like note down ideas around cars and I remember getting into this car design competition also so I think so that really helped but the resources are not there in India like there's no DIY part supply so most of my stuff was really when I came to the U.S. and when I was in the U.S., I was always interested in cars, but I only got my first car towards the end of my sophomore year or very early junior year. So that's when I really started getting into it. What happened was in Ann Arbor, when I was working for Toyota, my car randomly stopped working on the drive back one evening. And that was when I was like, I'm just going to go buy a bunch of tools and try and figure out myself how to fix that. And that really started my ownership of a bunch of 
tools and I was like able to fix my car myself. Basically, after that, I changed my own tie rods. I worked on my own car pretty much like after that. Dude, I'm I'm laughing quietly here because I needed to change the brake pads on my motorcycle. Yeah. And I did it with a YouTube video. Yeah. I remember getting back on it and kind of thinking like, I'm not going to know if these work if I did this right <laughs> until I break. Yeah. Thankfully, it worked out. I'm still here. That was the other thing. Like, what people don't recognize is there's so much on the internet. I'm very risk adverse. I don't have the knowledge on how to fix the. I did not have the knowledge. So, literally, I would spend days just researching forums, researching YouTube videos the factory manual on how to fix things, like looking up all the things that could go wrong and then finally getting into it. It was a lot of prior research. And like, I was not super sure on whether things would work. So there's that intuition aspect that you build after one point, but like I would follow everything to a T in the instruction manual. They have torque settings. I would make sure to torque it, everything to the exact torque setting. There are people who have just a feel of torque after one point. They don't use torque wrenches. So I am not at that stage yet. Like I will follow, if it says to replace this bolt with a new bolt, and if it costs me extra, I will pay that money and I will buy that bolt and I will do it. But, you know, I'm super risk adverse that way because I'm still learning also. What's the coolest car you've ever driven? When I was in Italy for my study abroad, we were in Florence, and from Florence, I believe only an hour or two away is the Ferrari and the Lamborghini factory. You know, we had a choice either to drive one at the Ferrari factory or to drive one at the Lamborghini factory. We did the Ferrari. I believe I drove a Ferrari 458 or 455 at that time. And you can obviously pay for it. It is super expensive. I believe I paid close to 160 euros for 10 minutes of driving that car. But it was a blast. <laughs> it was an absolute blast. That was the coolest car I drove, for sure. Before I geek out, so I do, I do pivot back to the internship thing because I know we're coming up on time. So I have a question, and I'll give you a little bit of context. The last episode... One of the distinctions that we kind of made is that when you come to America, especially as an Indian or as an immigrant, there's kind of two paths that people take, right? Or two reasons that they come here. One is to generate wealth. Yep. And the other is freedom to pursue their own passions. Mm -hmm. And so I know that you have this mechanical engineering background and you're really into cars and such. But at the same time, so our MAP project, our like hands-on MBA project, you did Amazon. Now you're interning with Dell. So I'm kind of curious, A, like where you see your career heading, and then B, when you think of opportunities in America, what's more interesting to you? Is it kind of making it and advancing in your career, or is it more the side of finding something you're really passionate about and building a career around that? To answer the first question, where I see my career heading, prior to business school, I was working at Deloitte, and I was a tech consultant at Deloitte. While I did a lot of the traditional consulting stuff, some of the really cool opportunities that really define where I am right now was when I got the opportunity to really work on developing different products. Like I mentioned, you know, I like to build things. I like to design things. 
And when I was at Toyota, one of the things I really felt was, yeah, it's cool and all that I'm getting to like design the next Avalon, but I won't see that for like seven years later. That's the life cycle there. Uh, what happened at Deloitte is when I was designing these fintech products or these government products, I could see the results immediately. And it also allowed me to really explore my passion of liking to like build things, to design things. So that's why I really wanted to get into like product management. And that is where I see my career heading. That's why I'm tending towards software-based product management versus like a more hardware-based because of the shorter life cycle. One of my other like fantasy things that I want to do at this point is like either start my own EV conversion company or, you know, work at a just like an electric vehicle conversion company in which they turn gas and oil powered cars into electric cars. That would be, you know, it's an upcoming field. You're doing something new with technology and you're also getting hands on. And so when you think about your career, would you say like you'd rather pursue that or would you look more for like security i would rather pursue that the way i look at it is a lot of us are super privileged and especially coming out of business school i know i will be able to feed myself i know i'll be making enough money to be able to eat to be able to have a roof i'm not at this point super concerned about the base stuff Yes, I can make some very optimal decisions so I can, you know, make more money and maybe buy that extra thing that I, you know, want to buy. But like, that's not like a, a super big deal for me. I do also want to enjoy what I'm doing in life because we are spending a lot of time at work and it doesn't make sense to like spend most of the time, you know, not enjoying what you're doing and then just using that money to like come back and enjoy a couple of hours of your life, which is outside of sleep, right? for sure all right dude well i'm looking forward to hearing about that autocross weekend yes thanks for being on 100 100 percent